The Queen Mary was the largest ocean liner of the day in 1936. She crossed the Atlantic Ocean 1,001 times. She could carry 3,500 passengers. She served for four decades, including being used for troop transport during a world war, until she was retired in 1967. She is currently docked in Long Beach, California, and is used as a hotel and as a museum. When they were preparing to renovate her for the hotel and the museum, they went and they took off the large smokestacks off of the Queen Mary in order to repaint them. They are 30 feet in diameter. The tallest one was about 70 feet, and the shortest of the three was about 62 feet. When they took the smokestacks off and set them onto the dock, they crumbled completely away. The three-quarter-inch steel that made up those smokestacks had rusted away. What was left was about 30 coats of paint that had been applied over those four decades, but the rest was gone. Those smokestacks were iconic for those ocean liners of the day. They spoke to the majesty of the ships. They spoke to the owners and how grand they were. And yet, on the Queen Mary, what was on the outside was different than what was on the inside. Paint after paint, time and time again, what you saw as the public is not what was happening on the inside. Our passage in Jeremiah today is talking to the Israelites about their faith out in public, what was being shown did not match what was on the inside. Faith had become this way of going to the temple regularly. We were doing that part. We were going to the temple regularly, but then nothing would change when we left and went home. A superstition had rose up around the temple such that the temple had become God's protection. And if you went to the temple and said, this is my temple, then God was going to protect you. So people would go, they would say the right words, be seen by all the right people, and then go home and do nothing about it. They would not allow worship to change them so that they could then live a different life. They did not expect worship to do anything for them so that they would go out and live a different life. They had come up with this idea that I could do anything I wanted to do during the week. Don't care about the commandments of the Lord. As long as I showed up at the temple and said the right thing, then I could go back to cheating everybody and all this other kind of stuff. The faith on the outside shown to the public was very different than the faith was, that was on the inside of the worshipers. Faith had become rote, it had become just going through the motions. Faith was flat. And now Jeremiah calls him out on it. He says, this isn't what the Lord expects of you. Worship should change your life. 
Now the God is calling on them to amend your ways, and God gives three instructions for how they want the Israelites to do that. First, the Lord says to act justly with one another. I think sometimes it can be hard to define what justice is, what it looks like to act justly to someone else. Sometimes we can't define it, although we recognize it when we see it. We recognize it when someone else is acting justly to us. And sometimes we can recognize it when we are acting justly to someone else. On October 27th, at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, there were 11 Jews that were shot. The man who did the shooting is quoted as saying he wanted to, quote, kill Jews. He was taken to Allegheny General Hospital. He didn't know it at the time, but his doctor and his nurse were both Jewish. These are the words written by his nurse, Ari Mailer. This is what this gentleman wrote. I can tell you that as his nurse or anyone's nurse, my care is given through kindness. My actions are measured with empathy. And regardless of the person you may be when you are not in my care, each breath you take is more beautiful than the last when you are lying on my stretcher. Love. That's why I did what I did. Love as an action is more powerful than words, and love in the face of evil gives others hope. It demonstrates humanity. It reaffirms why we're all here. The meaning of life is to give meaning to life, and love is the ultimate force that connects all living beings. If my actions mean anything, love means everything. I say that Ari Mailer acted justly toward this man. I say that Ari Mailer acted out of love for his fellow human being. This man wanted to harm Ari Mailer, his family, his friends, people that he knew. Most likely, if he had known that Ari Mailer was Jewish, he would not have either accepted the help or he would have launched into anti-Semitic words. And yet Ari Mailer was there to help this man. Justice is doing the right when someone else wants the wrong. God told the Israelites, amend your ways, and that included acting justly with one another. The second instruction that God gives the Israelites is to no longer oppress the alien, the widow, and the orphan. Do not oppress those who are vulnerable in society. One translation says, do not take advantage of the immigrant, the widow, or the orphan. I often ask the question, who are the vulnerable in our society? The story of four-year-old, four-year-old Austin Perrine will touch your heart and convict your soul. Austin was watching television one day and he saw a story about pandas. And the mother panda was now stopping feeding her baby pandas so that the baby pandas would leave and go out on their own. Now we know that that happens in nature. That's how the little ones will go off and, and grow and survive. But to four-year-old Austin, he did not want those baby pandas to be homeless. 
and to not have a mother who would love them. Now, Austin couldn't do anything about the pandas, but he is doing something in his hometown of Birmingham, Alabama. He took his allowance, and he went and he bought food for those living at a local homeless shelter. Well, Burger King found out what Austin was doing, and they gave him a $1,000 weekly allowance for a year to come in and take the food and then take it to the local homeless shelter. When Austin does this, he puts on his red tights and he wears a cape and he's got a t-shirt that says hashtag show love. He calls it his superhero outfit. If you ask Austin what his show love motto means, he says it means that you care about someone no matter what they look like. And someone asked four-year-old Austin what his agenda would be if he were president, and he said, chase the bad guys out of school and feed the homeless. That's an agenda I could get behind. Four-year-old, four-year-old Austin Perrin shows us what it means to not oppress those who are vulnerable in society. Austin Perrine shows us what it means to love those who are vulnerable in society. This four-year-old kid would rather buy food for someone he doesn't know than buy a toy for himself. I just, I, I just want to go up to little Austin and just give him a hug. Don't you want a superhero outfit like that, that you can just go to Burger King and get $1,000 worth of biscuits or whatever and take them? Austin Perrine shows us what God was telling the Israelites to do, amend your ways, and that included no longer oppressing the alien, the widow, the orphan. In other words, love those whom God loves, and God loves everyone, all people. Third, God told the Israelites not to go after God's other gods. Don't go after false gods. The Israelites were surrounded by temptation. They were surrounded by different gods. There were foreign gods. There were gods of conquering nations. There were gods of foreign wives. And as we all know, when you're surrounded by temptation, temptation just gets stronger, doesn't it? Well, let's not kid ourselves. We are surrounded by false gods. This is the time of year when catalogs show up in our mailboxes proclaiming you got to buy this for somebody for Christmas. You got to buy this, your family needs this, your friends need this, you got to buy this, you got to buy, you got to buy, you got to buy, you got to buy, and you haven't had a good Christmas unless your January credit bill is out of the, out of the ballpark, right? That's what these catalogs tell us. A few weeks ago, Steve and I got a catalog in the mail. It's the largest one I have ever received in the mail. I think it was about that thick. And it had something on the front of it that said 600 gifts. It was all junk. Absolute junk. I didn't need it. Steve didn't need it. Nobody I know needs it. My family wouldn't appreciate it. But boy, you got to buy. You got to buy. You got to buy. You got to buy. Merry Christmas. Here's your debt. Money is a god. Competing with your family members and friends to see who can buy the most expensive gift or who can top whom from last year, that's a God. Because it takes the good news of Jesus Christ 
and replaces it with more expensive things we don't want and we don't need in a way to celebrate Christmas. That is a false god. Don't kid yourselves. We are attracted to false gods the same way the Israelites were. And God told the Israelites, amend your ways, and that included not going after gods that aren't going to do anything for you anyway. God said, amend your ways. I want to talk about that phrase for a minute, amend your ways. That means change what you're doing. Do something different. And in God's definition, that means do what I'm trying to tell you to do. That sounds an awful lot like repentance to me. To repent is to turn around and to put your focus on God. To repent is to stop doing the things that take your focus off of God and turn around and look at God and do the things that God is asking you to do. That is repentance. Repentance changes what we value and repentance changes whom we value. God told the Israelites to change the way they were doing worship. Don't just show up out of habit. Say a few good words and think that you're going to be protected. God's saying, no, come to worship, turn around and look at me. Turn around and look at me. Jesus is saying the same thing to us. Worship is not about coming here on a Sunday, saying certain words, seeing certain things, visiting with certain people. That's not worship. You've worshiped well when you leave here and you do something different tomorrow than you did yesterday. That is repentance. That is amending your ways. That is what God's talking about. Jesus is saying, hey, I'm right here. Turn around, look at me. And by the way, do the things that I'm telling you to do. Do the things I am telling you to do. God says to the Israelites, when you live that sort of life, where your focus is on God, where our focus is on Jesus, I am going to dwell with you. Jesus is telling the Israelites, I'm here, turn around, live the life I've told you to live. Jesus is saying to us, I'm here, turn around, look at me, do the teachings that I have told you to do. Faith is expressed and proclaimed in worship. But what happens when we don't let worship change us? When we come here not expecting much? When we come here and saying, I'm good, and I'm going to leave here just the same? That's not worship. That's just sitting in a building with people who look like you. Amen? Hear these words of good news. We don't have it within us to turn and look at God. God's love, God's grace allows us to turn and look at Jesus. We don't have it within us to change the way we live our lives when we leave here. But God's grace empowers us and fills us with the strength to leave that behind which is damaging our relationship with Jesus. That which is hurting our relationship with God. Expect more when you come to worship. Allow the Holy Spirit moving through this place to actually convict you. Allow the Holy Spirit to say, hey, we got this together. Let's go do something different tomorrow. That vibrant, active, 
Holy Spirit moving in and among us and through us and causing us to do something for someone else? We have a word for that. It's called grace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.